welcome back to the Parenting Plus podcast. I'm your host, Diana. And I'm Paul. You're Paul, the co-host. <laughs> <laughs> if you're new here, every episode we discuss a parenting topic at a different TV show that we have watched. <laughs> so can I get like a new intro? Like, All right, what do you want your intro to be? I okay, don't, so you're the producer. The reason we're saying this is because we, as we listen back to the podcast, we're realizing that I give the whole intro and then all Paul says is, and I'm Paul. That's all he says. He doesn't even acknowledge himself as a co-host, as a the baby daddy. It's, yeah, not not only that we noticed it, we've literally received feedback from <laughs> listeners that said, why does Paul just say he's Paul? <laughs> so what do you want to workshop here? I don't know. Like, and I'm Paul and I'm Ali's dad. And like, it's just, it feels like if I, I if I say too much, then I'm derailing the, the, the pod. So it almost feels like I should say nothing at all. <laughs> no, I like I like your name. I like you saying your name. Thanks. So, okay. Um, if you're new here, let's get back to the regularly scheduled program. If you're new here, every episode we discuss a parenting topic and a different TV show that we have watched. And as a disclaimer, there will be a part where we give a spoiler warning. So don't worry if it's a show you haven't seen. Maybe we'll put you on. So you might have heard of Paramount Plus, you might have heard of Disney Plus. We are Parenting Plus, where we are raising Ali and watching TV. And before we get started, Paul, can you tell us who is Ali? Ali is our little one. He's two and a half years old. He's perfect. And he's also a menace to society. He has been all over the place with his sleep schedule. Um, Some nights he goes down perfectly without a hitch. Nights like tonight, it's a little rougher. Not too bad, but he took a little 15-minute snoozer in the car on the way home at 5 p.m., and uh, that totally threw off his sleep. So it took a little bit longer for him to get down to sleep, but nonetheless, that's our baby, and he's perfect. Gotta love that kid. Yes, yes, he is. Love that kid. So this week, our topic is gentle parenting, and the TV show that we are going to discuss is Rap Shit on HBO. And before we get started, I think it's important to, okay, well, happy new year, listeners. Oh, happy new year. We are in a new year. Um, I think we should just be very upfront and say that we will probably be publishing episodes every month because we have not kept up with the biweekly kind of schedule, but we're still here and we're still, we're still at it. So thank you for sticking around. Appreciate y'all. So let's talk about gentle parenting Um, in a very not textbook definition, just from your experience. How would you define gentle parenting? Gentle parenting is a concept of focusing, focusing more on modeling and guiding your child to the behavior you want to see and reinforce rather than focusing on control. How can I control my child? How can I stop them? How can I make them fear consequences and punishments in order to make them do something. But more more so, it's about how do I reinforce what I do want them to continue doing um, and how do I guide them or redirect them um, when they get off, off off course, off task? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think um, gentle parenting gets a bad rep. Just the name itself, gentle parenting. Yeah, we got to work on that. It's giving like Timmy... Timmy, you can't hit mommy in the face. Timmy, what did we talk about? Boom, boom, Timmy. As Timmy hits mom in the face. Um, I've been hit in the face. 
<laughs> great, by, great by addition. <laughs> I wonder why we get a bad rap. <laughs> I wonder why gentle parenting gets bad rap. No, but but my point is that in my opinion, gentle parenting is much more about the parent mm. and regulating yourself, your emotions, and your reactions to things than it really is about the kid. Hundred percent. The toddler. Because this is, you know, a philosophy used for for the littles. But what that means is, like, I think we've always talked about and discussed within ourselves and on the podcast that we would never lay a hand on our child. No. Like, I just cannot even conceptualize how people hit their child, hit their children. Um and so when you think about gentle parenting, it's very much about understanding that there are developmentally appropriate things that children do, such as hit, hitting, hitting is very developmentally appropriate, pushing boundaries, saying no, refusing to do X, Y, and Z because they're trying to understand their agency and what they can control and what they cannot. So understanding that all of that is developmentally appropriate. And then gentle parenting is about how you how do you respond to that in a way that, like you said, redirects the behavior or tries to empower like a different mm-hmm. outcome? Yeah. So a simple example, one of the main tenets of gentle parenting is options, giving giving um, toddlers, giving kiddos options. So, for example, you know, we got we have to go in the car. No, no. Yeah. And then you're going to say, do you want mommy to carry you or do you want daddy to carry you? So then you're giving them an option. Ideally, they say, daddy. And then, okay, now daddy's carrying them to the car. A lot of the times you still get no. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay, right? But I think being able to understand how to respond to those those situations and how to um, not get frustrated. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, Mm -hmm. how, How would you say you you've experienced gentle parenting and uh, like yeah. the range of frustration to on a scale of frustration to gentle. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first of all, it's hard. Like I'd say frustration is for me just part of the process. Um, I think it's a regular part of the process. And especially when like we're as parents, we're often tired. And so, when we're asking Ali to do something, it's usually because we're tired and we're like, we're, we're, we're like holding on by a thread. And so when he's defiant or being like, no, or, um, isn't listening or responding, um, it really takes a lot to tap into that gentle parenting just to be like, all right, let me take a breath. Let me be patient and let me not get frustrated. Um, but I'd say it comes up often and like the situation you're like example that you gave, Let's get in the car. If Ali's first response is no, then, okay, what else can I try? I tried, do you want mommy or daddy? Then I can do, all right, I've got a pouchy. Do you want your pouchy in the car or do you want it here? Like, so it's almost like you're running through a list of options, which feels more useful than resorting to, all right, let me pick you up. Now you're mad and now I'm mad. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, you're getting in this car. That I feel like that's the, the response that feels like the easiest but in reality like now both of you are upset and it's it's you've like addressed um 
you know, the task you tried to get done in the moment, but we haven't really responded to, okay, next time we do this, are we just going to get into the same argument and then lead, leave with the same frustration? What I've seen with gentle parenting is there are times where he won't listen or listen immediately, but slowly he starts to pick up their patterns, their, um, there are options that he gets used to and now he knows, okay, the first time I didn't want to go with daddy, but now I do want to go to go with daddy. So mm-hmm. I'm starting to understand the gentle parenting thing. It doesn't work every time to a T, but it does over time um, start to like lessen the daily frustrations. Yeah, exactly. And then in terms of like redirecting, it's also about, I think the balance of, validating an emotion but correcting or redirecting a behavior Mm. so this idea of like okay if sometimes he'll have a bat he'll have his bat and he'll swing at us it sounds so funny (laughs) yes i promise we're okay somebody tap in it's a soft bat if we're okay (laughs) he'll have his bat and he'll he's frustrated he's mad about something and he's trying to hit us and so in that example okay an unregulated response could be like an unregulated and reinforcing power dynamics and trying to control your child that response would be like you know give me that bat you know you know yelling yeah. or you know taking the toy away yelling or even you know extreme an extreme response would be you know hitting but yeah in that example it's like how do you say it's okay to be angry right whatever or whatever it's okay to be frustrated whatever emotion they're exp- they're feeling at the moment it's okay to feel that you can you know you can hit this pillow or you can swing the bat outside. Yeah. Or let's go get the tea and we'll play. Right. So it's it's about having that balance. But yeah, we by no means have all the answers of gentle parenting. I'm sure there's many podcasts and many episodes breaking it down, breaking the philosophies, what it is, what it's grounded on and rooted in. But in terms of our experience, I think there are two things that I want to uplift in terms of my own experience as a, as a mom. And one is that. I've noticed that gentle parenting for me comes easy in the comfort of my own home. Mm. Like I can do it here and around people that I feel very comfortable. But I notice that in public or around other people that I don't feel as comfortable or around like strangers or around people you don't see very often or whatever it may be, I found myself feeling way more uh, judged and like, unregulated and responding differently to behaviors that are very similar that are identical to what we experienced at home so like one example i think he was way younger he was like maybe a year and a couple months um and he was like trying to he was like pulling my hair or slapping me or something because he needed something and we were in public around people and i felt so frustrated and i was like take him or like something i was just like get him away from me because i couldn't gentle parent at that moment and that wasn't because that was new behavior or because it was you know very he was just you know it was extreme or anything it was because i couldn't regulate myself because i was worried about the perception how it was perceived and so i couldn't respond in the way that you know he needed me to to respond yeah yeah, I think that's that's really an, an important thing about gentle parenting as a philosophy, how much it is about checking in with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think acknowledging that there are moments where, like you said, this isn't a moment where I'm going to be 
doing a great job with gentle parenting. And if I have the resource, if I have a partner, if I have somebody who can jump in, let's have them jump in. Or, you know, like sometimes I think we need that moment just like our toddlers do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in December, we had a lot of situations that were very stressful and happening with our home. There was just things that needed to be fixed and something in our property messed up a neighbor's property. So we had to deal with that. But what I noticed is that in that month, I was very stressed. I was very anxious in a way that I hadn't been in a while. And, you know, it's like when you feel it in your body, you like feel tense. You feel like you're not breathing, you know, deeply. You feel, you just feel it. I knew I was in tune with myself enough to understand that I was like having a tough time. That whole month, I think, was really tough. And I noticed that it was way harder to deal with Ali antics for me. And it wasn't because the antics were different. Again, it was yeah. because of me and my response and my ability to cope was just so limited. Like, what would I say? I'm at bandwidth. What would I tell you? Yeah, I'm at capacity. I'm at capacity or like I can't do it or just there was just so many things that I felt like I couldn't deal with def his little defiance, his attitude. I couldn't deal with the nose. I couldn't deal with the mess. I couldn't deal with him not wanting to eat. I just like couldn't deal with it. And so all that to say, all that to say is that it made me really reflect about how, okay, so the, like the intersections of gentle parenting and like race and class and how, who is afforded the ability to be regulated and who is not yeah. because of systems of oppression. And so it's like, it made me think in this case, I'm super unregulated because I have all this stress going on at home. Right. And then I started thinking about like stress of the workplace. We're fortunate enough to be, you know, have some flexibility with work. But I can imagine if a parent has a very rigid schedule where you cannot be like five minutes late to your job because you'll get fired and your kid is just not trying to get in their car seat. Yeah. It is going to be very hard to have a gentle parenting response to that situation because you are stressed with like the realities of your situation. And so. All of that made me just think about how obviously everybody has agency. Everybody has the ability to um, regulate themselves and to, you know, seek out mental health resources to be the best people that they can be. And also there are structural issues. There's poverty. There's racism. There's just all these things that affect a person's ability to be a present and regulated human being that is such a good point also such a good rebuttal to gentle parenting is some white shit it's just white people got time to gentle parent <laughs> yeah those are just a few things that i had been thinking about in terms of gentle parenting especially just because how i felt like i was being a very different kind of mother than i wanted to than i usually am and that i want to be in that time period when i felt very very stressed so it just made me think of like the bigger context of that. But I think we'll leave it there for now in terms of our experience with gentle parenting. And I'm going to pass it over to you to talk about the TV show. All right, let's do it. So today's TV show, we're going to be getting into Rap Shit Season 2. And um, yeah, a lot, a lot a lot went down on this season. So 
Diane, are you ready to seduce and scheme? <laughs> Let's do it. That Let's song didn't it. even come back this season. One of the best songs. And I feel like they, they had a lot of good music on this season too. So they did. yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know if any, any of them are going to catch on like seduce and scheme. Like that's still like in my head on, on repeat. But um, for the people who haven't checked out Rap Shit Season 2, can you give them a brief synopsis? Rap Shit Season 2. Shauna and Mia must decide if they will stay true to themselves or conform to the demands of the music industry to further their rap career. There we go. So yes, Rap Shit Season 2 of the Issa Rae produced TV show. Um also, one of the writers on the show is one of our favorite podcasters, Kid Fury from The Read. So we were really locked in this season, I think. Really excited for the season. Did this season live up to your expectation? Yes, I think it exceeded it. I think the budget was up. The writing was up. The promo has not been up. I wish HBO would promote it more. That's true. That's but true. I've been, I think I enjoyed season two way more than season one. Yeah, I, I do think it was an upgrade. I, I think of like season one of Insecure to season two. Like you, you notice the budget is bigger, the hairstyles are better, like the wardrobe is better. Like it's it's one of those things. And hopefully, this is a the start of a just you know two seasons of a long running show because I feel like there's a lot of story to tell. But same for me, definitely lived up to and exceeded expectation, especially in terms of like character development and how much of an attachment I grew to these characters. Um, I thought that they, they did a really, really great job of like making me care about each person's personal arc. So let's talk about some of the characters. Did you have a favorite character from this season? Um, anybody whose story really stuck out to you? I have to go with the Duke chastity, the Duke, the Duke who, just this season did so much for shauna and mia we got to see more of like her reality the extremes of things that she's dealing with and also the lengths that she would go to to provide for her artists to actually be real and just Mm -hmm. how she was just constantly disrespected and disrespected and just ah it's like we all we would always talk about like we want her to win so bad like yeah and also, I didn't know she was on Bad Girls Club. I didn't know that either. So thank you, TikTok, for telling us that. <laughs> the, yes. art, the actress started off on Bad Girls Club. Yes. Yeah, so this is my introduction to the actress that plays Chastity. And my God, was she playing the hell out of that role. Like, I felt every word that she said th- this entire season, the like just embodying the hustle. It just felt like she was always grinding. It also feels like there's no problem that's too big for her. Yeah. That's that's one of the things that's so impressive. Like, because um, I could see that trope getting tired, being like, okay, how is Chastity going to figure this out? You know that she's going to figure it out, so why do we care? But we do. We do because um, she's creative, but also it always comes at a cost. Like, she has to sacrifice her time. She has to sacrifice, um, you know. Her safety. The, her safety. The other people that she supports um sacrificing relationships like i don't think that and and the thing is she's never vulnerable enough to let people see what she has to go through because i i think she probably knows that if she ever did like she would just break down by the the pressure of all that she has to hold together but yeah i agree just want to see her win so 
let's talk about our our main characters though, Shauna and Mia. So, what do you think about their growth over this season? Let's let's start with Shauna. She she had a lot going on from you know scamming to near prison experience experiences to is she going to prison at some point experiences so what what do you think of shauna's story this season i don't know i sympathize empathize with her wanting to like preserve her politics and she's like really for the people and wants to stay true to to that in this career but at the same time she's just so frustrated <laughs> she's just she is <laughs> it's so easy to be irked by her like she i mean so i think one of the things that the show does really well also this season is it tackles a lot of different issues one of them that shauna was very much intertwined with was one episode where um they're backstage with a rapper and the oh rapper's entourage and they're deciding who gets to go hang out with the vip i forgot what they're they're trying to pick out the pretty girls and they're trying to do it in a way that's like a game but obviously shauna notices that they're only picking the either non-black women or the very light-skinned women so trying to understand like colorism in the music industry colorism Mm -hmm. and just the entertainment industry whatever but but then at the same time she's like at a party and everybody's like girl shut up (laughs) it's so tough because she sees things that other people won't talk about or speak up on and so you notice like the the perspective and insight that she has that's so needed in this space but she is usually just such a bad messenger in terms of like not the message she has to 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 send but in her ability to effectively communicate it in a way that's gonna like not just completely blow up in her face and yeah so it's it's so cringy to see those moments, see her interactions with Jabuki's character. Uh, what, what's Francois? What, Francois Boom, like or the guy that you went to high school with? Oh yeah, so the the rapper that you're talking about who was kicking girls back for, <laughs> out from backstage, <laughs> went to high school with Patrick Cage. Shout out to Patrick doing his thing on the on the show. Uh, went to to high school and middle school with him, but yeah, like so many great actors on this this show in this season um his character was so unlikable that's how you know so how good. unlikable He's such a nice guy so you know how good he was acting on this uh series but my god it's like we like sympathize and agree with shauna and yet like we there there always feels like like i think that's why shauna and mia balance each other so well because mia has mm-hmm. this charisma and this mm-hmm. ability to like finesse and and you know get on people's like you know kind of work in her self-interest in a way that shauna just can't connect with people in the same way yeah yeah so speaking of mia what'd you think of mia's arc this this season she was getting a little little messy yeah it was very very boy crazy for her (laughs) (laughs) it was a boy crazy season for her Uh uh-huh um, but I think also just her growing in terms of her relationship with Lamont, her baby's father, and just her parenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I can't deal with scenes with her her daughter and her mother. Her mother just, I don't know, she, she's very triggering. Mm. Um, in the sense of 
just how you can tell she just was not a good mother to her. Yeah. You know, and so she Mia's trying to break that with her own daughter, but still relies on her mother for a lot of childcare, for a lot of just a lot of things. Yeah. But um also Mia's friends are <laughs> they are funny. Hilarious. Funny and also they went they went overboard and the Lord <laughs> AK stuff. Oh my god. Let's we, talk about that. Let's I talk mean, about the Lord. So yeah, so spoiler it, alert. If here. you have not yet watched Rap Shit season two, I would highly recommend watching before continuing on the pod and then coming back. But I think it was episode five. The show just takes a turn. A turn. I yeah, go ahead. Lord AK, who is battling with depression and obviously like dealing with mental health things, um, sets himself on fire in front of Shauna and in front of a whole party of people. And from that point on, like Shauna's obviously scarred from it and Mia's friends cannot help but make jokes about the whole situation. But but let's talk about that. I think I was taken aback and not in a good way in terms of like the shock value of something like that happening. Mm, it's very it. different from the overall tone of the show. The tone, it is drama, but it's also like comedy and levity. But to go from that to someone inflicting self-harm in such a violent way yeah i think I, I think i was like laying down while we were watching and i sat up like what what just happened like it just came out of nowhere it left me feeling very uneasy i just didn't i didn't like it mm. you had a different take you didn't feel like it was different from the tone of the show for me it was like yeah absolutely not with the tone of the show and you saw it more aligned i think in terms of how it went down, yes, I do think it was jarring. I think it was meant to be jarring. Um, but I think that they were hinting at his character being very unhappy. And he talked a lot about not being able to feel anything. And so I think that moment that he did it, it was, you know, it was a buildup um, in terms of what his character was going through that entire season. In terms of, you know, him feeling like, the, you know, having the loss of his brother, feeling that music isn't really doing what it used to do when he had his brother and so um i felt like it was all leading up to something dreadful on you know for him and his character i didn't see that part coming of course but um but yeah it opened up a huge huge and needed conversation about black men's mental health and how like how difficult it is for someone in his his situation to find the support that he needs when everyone around him either seems not to care or not know how to talk about it or they only party or they don't talk about real things or they see him as just this artist he has to keep up appearances like there's just so much to unpack in that that episode and but i do agree there there might have been other ways to do it in a way that wasn't so doesn't take you out of it as much but for me at, at, like i think the first watch it took me out of it like what just happened yeah. but i think also was like maybe that's what it was supposed to do is like make you say like what would lead someone to do something like that yeah i mean definitely and i mean even the reactions is talking more about the finale but that tragic tragic thing turns into clout for yeah for both people that are supposed to care for him genuinely like his own crew for shauna who you know was hooking up with him and liked him for me like it just turns into this right 
it turns into something it shouldn't be turning into yeah and i think that's the reality of the music industry and i think one of the brilliant brilliant things about the show is like they could they could definitely lean more into like what's the message and take away from this moment but the reality is okay well how would people try to capitalize on this moment and yeah that's exactly what happens yeah yeah so a lot to a lot that went down this season and i think it it definitely didn't disappoint in terms of the storylines and and character arcs or developments um but I have, I have a question for you yeah if we don't get a third season how would you feel about that ending that's rough that's definitely rough if we, if we don't get a third season it feels one just so unsatisfying because i want a third season but two it's unsatisfying because it feels like we didn't get to complete a character arc for almost any of our characters but in particular shauna and mia mm-hmm. because this this moment of shauna capitalizing on you know the misfortune and the self-harm of someone she cared about so much feels totally like opposite to her character and her being her like morals and values like that's kind of what grounds her and centers her um we don't really get to see mia getting to a point where she's totally at peace with you know with her relationship with her mom but in particular her daughter and how to balance being a mother in this industry i feel like we didn't really get that a satisfying conclusion to that um and for me, like, honestly, my favorite character arc is is the Dukes. And so seeing her ended up working with Gat and, like, someone who we don't, we have grown to dislike throughout mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. Who is dating Raina Rain now? Or yeah. what? Or are they just collaborating? Probably both. Okay. So, yeah, it feels like this is a kind of a segue. Like, this doesn't feel like a completion of where these characters are going it feels like a, a stop on a much longer journey and so i feel like we we'd be getting robbed if we don't get to see how the, that journey unfolds yeah. for you how do you feel if this is the last season i don't know because the more i think about it the more i feel like they did try to somewhat tie loose ends and not in a way mm-hmm. that completes an arc but in a way that gives finality to some of the things um like you know what everybody's next step is it's not the best step it's not the resolved step but you know what they're setting out to do so i don't i hope that doesn't mean that they're anticipating they won't get a third season i hope they do so if you're listening to this you should watch it so it does get a third season but we'll see we'll see so with that said every episode we got to talk about who from the TV show we watched would be the best and worst babysitter? So let's get into it. Best worst babysitter. Let's start with best. Who from Rap Shit season two do you think would be the best babysitter? I'm gonna say a pair, and I think you're gonna probably say the same thing, but I'm gonna steal your answer. I'm gonna go with Lamont and his new girlfriend. Wow, yes. The we vegan should. the vegan cook. The <laughs> vegan just, cook. Everything about their relationship seems healthy. It seems grounded. It seems positive. And I think that they will. Yeah, I think they would be the great babysitters. That's that's a great pick. Excellent pick. I'm going to say for best babysitter, let's go with uh, what should have been one half of a couple, which is the the person that the Duke was pursuing for a short time. Oh, who works in the music industry? 
I forget her name, but she just feels very grounded, knows boundaries, cut it off with the Duke when the Duke ended up, you know, crossing some boundaries in order to, you know, make land a deal with, um, with Red, Red Bull. Bull. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, let's go with the, the Red Bull agent. I think she's, she's about her business. She's independent. She, she, she got a handle. She's, she got it together. Yeah. I, okay. I see it. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Worst babysitter. And we're not going to go with Mia's mom. <laughs> no. Okay. No, absolutely. That one's a little too real. Yeah. Worst babysitter. Hands down. I've never felt so strongly in my life. Fran Swah. Boom. Wow. Fran Swah. Boom. Uh, yeah. Can catch these hands. My God. Bro, let me talk about one scene. When they were at the party in LA and he's explaining to Chastity why they don't need her and why he's the best and blah, 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 blah. He holds out his hand to, he has an empty glass and he holds his hand out for a waiter to come pick it up. Like he's just, uh, he's so yucky. He's so condescending. He's so arrogant and he's just the worst. Yes. And we, this whole season we're talking about, we want to see the Duke win. He's actively preying on the Duke's demise. Yeah, literally. Praying on her downfall. I can't. He plays that role a little. A little too well. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to say worst babysitter. Rain and rain. Ow. <laughs> God. <laughs> I think she'd be pretty, pretty awful. The culture vulture. The culture she vulture. She could braid Ali's hair. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be absolutely atrocious. It would look worse than hair braids. So, <laughs> yeah. So, that'll, that'll wrap it up for this episode of Parenting Plus. Thank you all for tuning in. Please make sure you uh, continue to check us out and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Parenting Plus Podcast. With that said, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace.